Have you ever wished that you could just read your spouse's mind? A big part of marriage is figuring out what our spouse really needs, sometimes when they don't even know themselves, and often we totally miss the mark. Today's guest, Terry Sneed from Great Commandment Network, shows us how to identify and work together to meet one another's needs. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Welcome to episode 73 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Yeah, each week we're bringing you interviews designed to inspire you to build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having the conversations that matter. So we talk with incredible experts about every important area of life, from health and fitness to finances, parenting, sex, career, spiritual growth, and so much more. Yeah, sprinkled in, we get to talk with amazing couples who share their stories of overcoming ordinary to build a legendary marriage. My friend Terry Sneed is on the show today, and she knows that most couples miss the mark in meeting each other's needs, which can leave us feeling a little frustrated and alone. Yeah, so Terry's going to break down 10 relational needs every person has in order to love each other well and meet those needs. So, honey, I have to give you some major props. Okay. Because you're like, yes, finally. Wait, let me get my journal. Um, No, you have been noticing for a while Sunday, now. Sunday, <laughs> April 22nd, you, 2018. Okay, go. You have been noticing that I just need a break from life. And because I'm an introvert or extrovert, you know that it's challenging for me to take time to be still and just do the self-care well, thing. Well, you yeah, you don't recognize it until it's like explosive for you. I know. I know. But you notice it in me. And so you, so you bought me this sensory deprivation tank <laughs> experience and I was like super scared to do it for so long. I got it for you for Christmas. I know. It's the end of April. I know. And it was a Groupon. It was about to expire. And I was kind of freaked out by it because I'm a little claustrophobic. And it's kind of like a tanning bed. You shut yourself inside of it. Um, but it ended up being really amazing. And I really loved it. So thank you for tuning into my need, even though I wasn't able to tune into it. Yeah. And that's something Terry brings up on the show today. Sometimes a problem with meeting one another's needs is you don't even know what your own need is. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's just get right to this conversation. There's a lot to tackle. Um, here we go with Terry Sneed. So we are joined on the podcast today by Terry Sneed who is the director of the Great Commandment Network where they work with churches and couples to talk about relational needs and all the emotional wonderfulness that Justin and I really get geeked up about. Yeah. And she's also a director for Relational Values Alliance, and they work with new couples in Together for Texas, which is a really cool place where new couples can come super low price with the state of Texas and they get premarital counseling. Amazing. And um, they also work with businesses to talk about the relational needs uh, that we're going to talk about today on the show. Welcome to the show, Terry. How you doing? Hey, Terry. Hey, hey doing well. It's good to be with you guys. Oh my gosh. I feel like that was there was so much in that intro in that bio that yeah. you are working with, I feel like every population with newlyweds, with churches, um, with couples in trouble, with businesses. Um, how do you keep it all straight? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're not bored, that's for sure. Uh, but we just love working with people and organizations to uh, improve their health of their relationships. And so Anything that has to do with relationships, whether it's God or with people, um, we're in. So we love it. All right. So here's my question. How did you get passionate about this to begin with? Mm, good question. Well, it started off with uh, my parents actually started the ministry side of what we do, the Great Commitment Network side of what we do about 30 years ago. And they did that out of 
a burden because of their own relationship. They got married at 16. They don't recommend that, but they did. Wow. Then they had me at 17 and life was really hard as far as relationships are concerned for about 10 years. Started working at a church eventually when they become followers of Jesus and figured out that, you know what, just because, or as you become a follower of Jesus, it doesn't mean that all of your relationship circles get fixed. And so they started uh, working on their own and helping other people. And then um, kind of the rest is history because of just the great work that they do. And um, it's been a part of our family and now part of our ministry. I love that. So how did, did they go through some training or does, was it just like they, they learned through their relationship and then just started putting some curriculum and coaching and all that stuff together? Good question. My, my dad actually is kind of an eternal student. And so when things were really rough between he and my mom, he decided he better go get a graduate degree. (laughs) And so he got two of them and he admits that he was really hoping to get the degree to figure her out, my mom. But as it turned out, um, there was a little figuring out on his part and he needed to do as well. (laughs) Well, I feel like, I love it. I feel like there is a lot to, I mean, we talk uh, on the show too about personality tests, like the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and some things like that. And today, Terry, I know you want to talk about another, I feel like it's very similar to the five love languages, but the relational needs that we all have, I feel like we all want to have our spouse meet our needs. At least for me, I feel like a lot of times I try, but it falls flat. (laughs) So why is it so hard, Terry, to meet your partner's needs? Yeah, there's a couple of different reasons. One is sometimes I don't know my needs. And so it's hard for me to give my spouse or my partner a clue about how to meet them. Other times there's a human tendency for us to meet our spouse or our partner's needs, um, even if it's not theirs. (laughs) I kind of give what I need rather than what they need. Mm -hmm. And then there's another human tendency for, you know, for me to sort of make my partner guess or mind read and not uh, articulate my needs. And so nobody can do that. And that's what makes, that's definitely one of the other challenges. I love what you're saying. The first, the first point you made was that you don't even know yourself necessarily that well. Mm -hmm. And I've heard this before that some people only know a few basic emotions, like they know happy, sad, and angry. Um, but they may not even know all the other nuances that go in. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, the importance of being emotionally intelligent about yourself before you even worry about your partner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if I have some self-awareness about my own emotions and my own needs, then I have the vocabulary I need to tell my partner uh, what I need. And, and so, for instance, you know, my husband... He is an awesome man, but he can't read my mind. (laughs) And so it's my job to figure out what I'm feeling, what I'm needing, and say it out loud. And uh, so he he doesn't have to read my mind because his heart is to want to give to me. I like that. I mean, I feel like we all have that. I want to feel seen and heard and known to the deepest level. Like, I feel like I would really love to have this, like, is it a telepathic thing, like a connection where it's like, you know, everything that I'm saying? Yes. Is that what you were just going to say? You can learn more about it by uh, watching more sci-fi shows with me. Oh, forget that. I don't want that anyways. But yeah, I feel like we all want somebody that knows us so intimately that we don't even have to put the words out there. But it is a good point. Like if you don't even know yourself, how would you expect that of somebody else? All right. So in your organization, y'all do something called the relational needs assessment to find out what it is that your spouse is needing and what it is that you are needing. I feel like it's a huge eye opener because I look at this and I'm like, oh, that is what I need right now. And so tell us a little bit about this relational needs assessment. Yeah, it's a 50 question inventory where we take Uh, 10 of the most common relational needs, and they actually come from the one another's of scripture. So 
Uh, if God says to accept one another, we must need acceptance. So we wrote it down. If God mm-hmm. says to comfort one another, we must need comfort. So we wrote it down. And so these are the top 10 of those most common relationship needs. And then we did an inventory around them to help you identify um, which ones are the most important to you and to get rid of any biases you might have or preconceived notions about what those are okay or not okay to have. And uh, and so once you take this 50 question assessment, then you get back a score that gives you your top three relationship needs. That's interesting. Are there some that are more geared toward men usually and some that are more geared toward women? Not necessarily. Uh, We found that that's one of the uniquenesses about our assessment is it sort of gets rid of or bypasses any gender bias and makes it very unique to you, whether you're male, female, female, young, old, no matter what your your calling in life or your, your work life looks like, this tailors to what it means to you uniquely to feel cared for. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit real briefly about each of the 10 so we can kind of like identify ourselves here? Sure. Yeah, so the first one is affection, and that is showing care or love in meaningful touch or words. Is that the sexy stuff? That's the sexy stuff. And sometimes the non-sexy <laughs> stuff, just the holding hand stuff. <laughs> that makes me that makes me think of when Justin sometimes when he's working and he's like really stressed out he'll say just put put your hand on my shoulder <laughs> I'm yeah. like okay that's weird but keep doing your spreadsheet honey you're doing a good job <laughs> that's his need for affection likely or maybe just a little attention too there you go Could be. yep all right so the next one is acceptance and acceptance is uh stay in relationship with me even if I'm different from you or I have messed up. That's acceptance. So I need to know that I have a second chance that you uh, won't try to change me or fix me or make me like you. So even though I'm like ready to strangle you right now, like in the end game, we're still in it together. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like I go through that on a daily basis with you, honey. Okay. The feeling is mutual, my love. <laughs> you know, it's good to have those ups and downs so that you can appreciate all, all of it, you know? Yes. Sure. Okay, moving on. Okay, so the next one is uh, appreciation. And appreciation means I need to be thanked for what I do or the effort that I make. That's appreciation. And uh, so this is one of my t- husband's top needs. He needs me to notice when he buys the light bulbs and mows the lawn and helps with the dishes and not uh, have to remind me that he did them. He needs me to notice and say thank you. Oh, that's totally one of Justin's. Justin's is appreciation. And I feel like I, I appreciate it, but not to the depth that he needs it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'll say, thanks for putting away the dishes. And he's like, uh, yeah, but what else? <laughs> I'm, not yeah, sure. So- I'm not sure. Okay, moving right along. No, I, I feel we, like, we don't need to no, get no, in, no. we don't need to get into some heated fellowship. No, we we right do. Along. Let's do it. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I feel like you might want more of appreciation to like speak to your being, not to something that you did. Saying something well, like, I, "I feel like you are always the person that I can depend on, no matter what," or something like that, rather than "Thanks for doing the dishes." Oh, see now there, that's good. That's good. See, Write that one down. You were trying to you were trying to cut me off, and I was saying something good. <laughs> yeah. So, Daniel, why don't you ask him? Uh, seems like sometimes, honey, that when I say thank you, uh, your response is a little lackluster. So maybe I'm not hitting the target. What would be most meaningful for you to uh, for you to hear from me? Mm, just ask him. Just ask him. All right, honey. What do you need to hear from me? Hear from you? Yes. In regard to appreciation. Oh my gosh. Or is it some kind of an action? What do I have to do to appreciate you? What it would look like? I mean, in this particular topic of dishes. Okay. uh, I think, you know, when the dishwasher is hanging open, like the door is open and the tray is pulled out. Okay. Instead of leaving the bowl and the, the, the spoon sitting on the floor by the sofa where somebody steps in it and flings milk all over. Maybe put it For in the dishwasher, or or even even when the when when you're putting it, taking it from someplace, 
And instead of just putting it on the counter above the dishwasher, if you could like when the dishwashers, it's like it's open. It's all it's like right there. If you could actually go in the dishwasher. I know what this is speaking to. You want me to be in it with you. Yeah. And actually be in it with you and do it. <laughs> and not care about say, the dishes. <laughs> not say something, but actually do it. Okay, got it. Yes. Got it. That, that, that speaks appreciation to me. Got it. All right. Okay. All right. So the next one is approval. And approval is I need to know that uh, you are proud of me and happy to be in a relationship with me. You notice the person that I am as well as, or not just the things that I do. So Danielle, I've, I know this is you, one of yours. I feel like Danielle's off the charts on this one. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> off the charts good at doing this to you? No, no. Like oh. you, you have a, 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 a troublingly deep need for this. For? Approval. Approval? I shouldn't say troubling. I thought you were complimenting me and here you just switched it up. No, I, I'm saying I think you have a very significant uh, approval need. Yeah, it was my number one thing. But not, but but not, not, not in the, not the, like, hey, tell me I'm okay. No, I'm like, not like needy. The, not, yeah. not like the, the uh, sinful, weird approval. Yeah. Okay, what, well, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say with a <laughs> man, I dug out of that one. That was dicey. <laughs> that was, I'm not sure you did dig out of it, but what I was going to say is for Justin, this actually is a compliment, honey. Um, so out of all my friends, and I say this consistently, Justin is the person that I'm proud to call my husband. Mm. Like, I feel like some of my friends, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I, I wouldn't, you know, want to bring them to a party or want to like show them off. Like I'm always happy to show you off, honey. Oh, that's pretty special. Yeah. Look at that. So even, even when my belly's half shaved from a surgery. <laughs> well, we, we don't have to go shirtless to a party. <laughs> we can just wow, go wow, to, wow. go to a normal party. No swim parties right now. Laughing hurts. Laughing hurts. Ow. Okay, so the next one, Terry, is... Okay, the next one is attention. And attention means uh, enter my world, do the things that I like to do. It means know me deeply. It means um, have time for me and prioritize time with me. So, um, yeah. So how does that one work in y'all's marriage? Well, you know, what's interesting is this was not on my needs assessment, but my love language, like if you're talking about the five love languages that, you know, some couples are pretty familiar with right. my highest one is quality time. Yeah. I'm always liking when Justin says, what do you want for your birthday? Or what do you want for Christmas? I'm always like, I want an activity. I want to go to a concert. I want to have a special date night or a and she's an extrovert. So it has to be with other people. <laughs> yes. Yes. And super duper fun. Mm. Super duper fun. <laughs> well, that sounds like he does an amazing job of meeting your need for attention if he gets all hits all those targets. Oh. Mm. Sounds like sounds like I'm winning this contest. I feel here. like a lot of times I get silly socks instead, even though I say I want to go to a concert. But you you asked for the silly socks when I was twenty. And now I'm 42, but that's okay. No, you did a really good job last time you got me tickets to go see Jen Hatmaker. Mm -hmm. That was like the best, that was the best Christmas. So remember that, that's the bar. Continue to meet right, that we'll and we'll be good. to see Jen Hatmaker for everything <laughs> from now on. All right, ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay, next one is, next one is comfort. And comfort means to hurt with me if I'm struggling or sad or having a difficult time. It means not trying to give me advice or a pep talk or uh, facts or logic about what I could do better or advice about what I could do better in the struggle. It means hurt with me. And um, that's hard to do, but one of the most powerful needs when you meet it. Yeah, I don't think either one of us are terribly great at that. No, I don't think we are. But because of our coach training, I think we can put that on pretty mm -hmm. easily 
as part of our uh, professional presence and, you know, with friends and things like that. I don't think that it's for neither of us. Does it come naturally? Well, but I, I, think, just, I, just I think meant... we can like tap into the Holy spirit and all the comforting power that he can possibly give us. And we can reflect it out. <laughs> I just meant, I just meant we weren't good at doing it for each other. Um, no, no, uh, I'm, I'm great. in other realm. <laughs> no, we're not. And you are too. Like with the kids, with your friends, so on and so forth. <laughs> We're great there. It's just with each other. I feel like I I like to get know the next thing. Okay, are we done grieving now? Okay, great. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> I feel like it's more of a checked box for me That's when it's right. the two of us. Like if you're going in a hard place, I'm like, I can be comforting for like five minutes. Uh, maybe. And then it's time to move on. <laughs> Well, I guess it's I, not my uh, natural gifting, you know, but. and I think, I think it's, it's a part of just, we went through a long season, a long, very challenging season, mm-hmm. a couple of them. Yeah. And, and part of maybe something we lost along the way was the ability to, to, to really be there and be comforting. Because um, we're like, I'll speak specifically to our infertility journey there always was a like, okay, let's grieve. Um, because every month there's a grieving process. You, okay, let's grieve. And we need to move on to the next step. What's the next test? What are the next meds? What's the next whatever? So it was a very accelerated, prescriptive, comforting process. Yeah. And we did it every month. <laughs> get it done, get it out of the way. Right. Yeah. So right. we, we went through that. We would grieve. We need to pay attention to that. I know. There's, there's... And then we would move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. yeah, there's a, there's a glimpse into our <laughs> very raw, raw places right there. Yeah. I know. You want a glimpse into my raw places? We already heard about your shaved stomach. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So the next one is encouragement. And encouragement means cheer me on, urge me to to accomplish goals that I want to accomplish, or cheer me on when things are hard or when I'm just weary and well-doing. That's encouragement. Mm. Yeah. I, this one, this one's tricky from the perspective. Couples, it's so hard to get on the same page together sometimes mm-hmm. about what we're going towards and being able to encourage each other towards it. Right. Like when we look at the separate areas of life, like my career and your career or, mm-hmm. or my health and your health or something like that, mm-hmm. we, we, we can do it. And even then it's, it's so easy for cur- encouragement to be received as nagging. Right. Or yeah. Just, or to be confused with it. You really want to eat that second thing of ice cream? That's not encouragement. <laughs> And yes, I do want the ice cream. <laughs> yes, yes, you you always do want the second thing of ice cream. I had a doctor splay me open two days ago. I want the freaking ice cream. Leave me alone. <laughs> yep, you didn't see his, his body language there, Danielle, but he cut his eyes towards you as, is she going to take the bait? And you did, yeah. ready to go. <laughs> I know, I know. See, after, uh, what, 17 years, I know when to take a bait and when not to. <laughs> All right. So the it took you 17 is, years to figure that out. It did take me a while to figure that out. <laughs> we'll get back to our conversation with Terry Sneed in just a moment. But first, a message about community. Community is so essential to our marriages. Not only community with other couples, but men with their men folk and women with their women folk. Um, and couples really come together. Why? To support, encourage, and call one another forth. We just learn so much from each other. So join our community on Facebook where we're always talking about the topics from the podcast and so much more. So join our tribe of couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. You can find us at legendarymarriage.com slash community. And now back to our conversation with Terry Sneed. Okay, so the, right. uh, the last ones are respect, security, and support. So All right, res- respect. Yeah, respect is, which one of you has as their top need, means uh, treat me like I'm a VIP. Honor, you know, show me some honor. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me with appropriate tone of voice. Don't talk down to me. 
check with me before making plans that affect me, uh, enlist my ideas, my opinions, uh, hear my input. And um, it's, a, it's a high need. Men often have it, but women do too. This is actually one of my top needs. In, in my work, in my coaching work, we often talk about core values and we talk about respect as a core value. Everybody has it. Right. But everybody receives respect and gives respect in slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. So like if you were to describe your respect value, it would, could be wildly different. It could be very similar, but right. there's going to be nuances between yours and mine and Danielle's and, and anybody else's. Okay. I'm curious from the male female aspect here. So Terry, you said that's one of your high relational needs. Yes. What does it look like for you in your relationship with your husband, um, what do you want respect wise? Yeah, for me, respect is include me in plans before making them. And then the tone of voice that you say anything with, with uh, must be respectful. Never talk down to me. Mm. Okay. Justin, what about you? What does the respect thing look like for you? Mine. I can talk about it externally, but uh, because I have more clarity there, my external respect is external for me. So like taking care of things, like putting the bowl in the dishwasher. We're back to that. (laughs) It's about respect. Mm. It's, it's respecting me. It's respecting the things it's respecting that we get to steward all that we get to steward. I, I think it's, it's about, treating treating each other as important i, I like the you use the word honor mm-hmm. uh terry used the word honor and that's that's what resonates most for me and also the thing about when she said respect your ideas or your input like uh, i hear this from justin a lot of times he'll say i feel like he'll repeat the same track like five times and then i'm like I, you, you only need to say it one time. Why are you saying it five times? And he's like, I feel like you're not actually hearing what I'm telling you. And I'm like, yes, I heard it the first time. Why are you saying it five times? And why don't you agree with me? Just because I (laughs) hear you doesn't mean I agree with you. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a good place to start. (laughs) Yep. Sounds like there's um, some respect work to be done there. Okay, next one is security. And Danielle, this is one of yours. So security often means um, it can have three, at least three different dimensions. It can be physical security. I need to know that you're not going to harm me uh, in any way. I need to know that I'm taken care of, that our needs are met, that there's a roof over my head, that the bills are going to be paid that there's enough money in the checking account. That's kind of um, part of it. That that kind of falls over into financial security is another aspect of it. Uh, I need to know that we're going to have a budget and stick to a budget and have a plan and stick to a plan. But then there's also relational security. And that's going to mean uh, that I need dependability, consistency, predictability, that... Um, that you're not going to embarrass me, tease me, say things against me, um, that uh, I can trust you not to harm me. And uh, so security is a kind of a big one from a lots of different possibilities, but a really, um, a really big one. Yeah. I feel like early on in our marriage, it was kind of funny because I think the first time we took this relational needs assessment, it might've been, maybe like 10 years ago or so. And I realized that for Justin to reach out uh, for connection and even some kind of twisted foreplay, I think um, he would scare me (laughs) and like try to freak me out or startle me (sighs) or tickle me all of a sudden. And I really, really did not like it because it was very unpredictable and... I just, I didn't like it. And I don't know why I didn't like it, but he thought it was super fun and a great way to connect. And I just wanted to punch him in his throat. But let's be clear here. Let's be clear here. It's simple things like, like just standing in the pantry this with is not the door closed. 
and waiting for her to come over there to get something. Terry, isn't that torturous? I can sit there and get some work done on my phone. I can, I mean, I can be highly productive and... (laughs) And wait in the pantry for me to get scared. I think you're definitely on the, on the, on point there when you said twisted. It is twisted. I don't know about the foreplay part, but the twisted, yes. Yeah, Justin, you are violating my security need when you wait in the pantry. And he does it to the girl. He does it to the girls too. And I've actually heard one of the girls say, "I feel like I feel like that's not safe when Dad does that because it does scare them." Sure. And it feels like it's like the spooky boogie monster waiting in the pantry. Um, so I, actually, it's kind of funny because one of our girls really likes it. Mm. Our oldest, she really likes it. She thinks it's hilarious. She'll do it to him, like. It's a whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be at night. I think they're in bed. And all of a sudden, I turn around and there's there's a, a four-foot-tall figure yeah, behind me. she jumps out from behind the couch. She doesn't even jump. She's just, like, standing there. Like, Which I'll feel almost- her breath on my, on my side or something. And I'm like, what the? No! But our youngest, she'll, like, cry. She'll yeah. she'll cry if you do that to her. Yeah, so we don't do that. Yeah, so we don't do that anymore to her. So, um, so I, like, just the security thing, this one is so important that you pointed out. There's the kind of the financial, the physical, and the relational pieces of it. And I think so often guys get into this mindset that it is purely about the the paycheck. It's right. purely about the, the the financial or physical. And I think ladies do it too sometimes. But there's this thing that happens in so many marriages that we've we've talked to people, where the the guy says, "What what what do you want?" I like I I I work hard so that we've got stuff, right, right. And it, it, you're missing the point. Exactly. It's not <laughs> even even when it's about the money, it's not really about the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's about the security. It's not not about the size of the paycheck. And um, I've heard a lot of guys say something along, kind of along the lines too of, well, what is she scared of? I don't hit her, you know? I mean. Yeah, there, let's uh, set the bar there. Yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> right. Let's set the bar that's there. Like, don't beat her, you know. Exactly. Oh gosh. And, and it's, it's, not, it's not just about physical safety and financial safety. It's about relational safety. Mm. And, and it, it, it does speak to the fact that, you know, so many of us, di- so many people do not have a great context of marriage because they didn't see a great context of marriage growing up. Exactly. And so the bar is set low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You stay together, you, you survive, you, you don't beat each other. But other than that, right. it's okay. Right. And, and the security, I think for men and women, this one is, it's so important because it's about so much more. It's about like, are you in it with me? Mm-hmm. Like we could be living on the 97th floor or under a bridge. And I just want to know that you're in it with me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And it, it's interesting that Terry, you said there's so many dimensions to it too, because I feel fully secure in that with Justin, like what he just said about like, we're together no matter what, whether we're in a high rise in Manhattan or out on a ranch or under a bridge, like it's the two of us. And I am fully secure in that. And I have no qualms about that whatsoever. But the, uh, yeah, just the little like physical things around like, you know, Justin trying to freak me out and stuff. That's uh, <laughs> the whole different ball game. So let's be clear. Our house isn't a horror movie. We, you don't live in a Saw movie or something. <laughs> Saw. <laughs> Like, come on. Um, you do pull out Halloween things to scare me with, though. I found tarantulas places. Oh. I've. Um, well, that's just. We live okay. in Texas. <laughs> All okay. right. So, one more. Yeah. The last one is support. And support is the most practical of all the needs. It means uh, help me pitch in, uh, do it with me, show me how. Uh, come alongside and help me get it done. This is also one of my top needs. And, uh, you know, like the most loving thing Wayne can do is text me and say, hey, is there anything I could do to start dinner? I'm home and would love to help out. Like that to me is just 
it is going to be a good night that night when it starts that way. Go Wayne. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's support. It's practical. I like that. Awesome. Um, so you can actually take a relational needs assessment to find out what your top needs are. And we will include this link on the show notes. Uh, Terry's got an assessment that you can take and have a great conversation with your spouse about it. But Justin, what would you say if you could wave, wave a magic wand here and have Terry coach you on one of these that is approval, acceptance, or security for me? We're talking about me here. How could you raise your game in uh, the needs area of meeting my needs? I got plenty of game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How about Terry? You pick one and we'll, uh, we'll see what Justin could do better. Okay. So So minor approval, acceptance and security. Yeah. So uh, on the approval one, Justin, that's your wife. She said top need, right? Yeah. So, and you said, you mentioned that she might have, it might be the more, the more intense need perhaps than any of the others. So it sounds like this is an opportunity to live with your wife in an understanding way, right? (laughs) (laughs) And understand how to meet her need for approval in a really big way. So, um, so why don't you ask her? In that area of approval, what can I do to, to up the game? Well, I feel like a lot of times, Justin is, you are very uh, focused on that, like doing things around the house are, you know, of utmost importance for you because of your respect value. And the thing for me is that if I fall short of that, I want to know that I'm still loved and valued, even though I didn't put the dishes in right, or... I, you know, left my dirty socks on the floor. Mm-hmm. See, Terry, <laughs> he's not even going to do it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like commitment, does it? <laughs> you married me because I have a lot of wonderful qualities. And mm-hmm. I would like to hear like in those moments when you feel like going, oh my gosh, why don't you put the dishes in the dishwasher? Go, Honey, I, 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 I love you and I, and I care for you so much. And even though you don't put your stuff in the dishwasher, you did spend an hour making dinner. So I, I love you for that. Uh-huh. Okay. Any, any other ideas, yeah. Terry, that might sink no, 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 in no, a little no. bit more? Slow, slow your roll. Slow your roll. Yeah. I'm processing that. Okay. I'm not like, I'm not totally, it's not just the, for the laugh. Uh-huh. It's, you know, I, I think there's, there's no switches to flip here. It's, I know it's, it's hard. It's not uh, launching a nuclear missile. It's just, okay. I'm taking some notes. I've got. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe a matter that. of matter of uh, Justin, perhaps you could increase the amount of approval given um, so that you have kind of like a more of a higher ratio of approval uh, so that when the dishes don't get in or the bowl is left on the floor, then um, you have a well, uh, a well of ready, ready-made approval having already in, put in the bank so that then you oh, oh, that like- like outside oh, of that scenario. Just, okay, yeah. I, I know what I can do. I'll make some flashcards for myself and stick them in my wallet. <laughs> and then, no? No. No, okay. No, that means like um, <laughs> for, every, for every dishes comment, there needs to be like four or five uh, ways that you approve of her and accept her. So that's going to sound mm. like, man, Danielle, you are the hardest working mom I think I know. Mm. I'm so impressed by your diligence because you juggle all of these things. Mm-hmm. That made my heart sing right there. Thanks, Terry. I'm going to call Terry the next time I know. I'm, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. going to play this back in the podcast. <laughs> Terry. Oh, thank you, Terry. All right. So that's a four to one ratio, at least five to one, maybe. If you Whoa. Want to yep. 
Justin's like four to one. Jeez. Seriously, seriously, that's the ratio that research says can counteract any kind of. Oh, really? That's the research. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. so interesting. Uh, the approval need is it's so interesting because I think we all we all share the desire for it, the, the need for it in some degree. We also, I know, I have a real hard time receiving it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I was in a, a situation at work a couple of weeks ago and my boss called out my name like three times in 10 minutes, acknowledging mm-hmm. these, these little brilliant things that I had offered. And I, in the middle of the room, I went, Oh, please stop. It was uncomfortable to you. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. Right. And I had to circle back and apologize and say, I'm, you know, I got to work on receiving that because yeah. Um, it, it's so, it's so interesting how hard it can be to receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, or even if you would say something to me like, wow, you look really beautiful today. Something like that. You know, sometimes the inclination is just to say like, oh, this old thing or, you know, <laughs> blow it off somehow. So it doesn't land. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, and Justin, you bring up a good point of, um, if you're not super comfortable receiving approval, it's hard for it to be top of mind to give it. Sure. Right. And that's hard. That's hard. I don't really need a lot of appreciation and my husband does. And so it's, it's seriously hard for me to remember. I actually pray <laughs> when I come home, uh, especially from a trip, I actually pray and ask God to help me notice the things he's done Mm. so that I can be more mindful of appreciating him because I literally will not even notice. It is so not a need that's on the radar for me, you know? And, you know, I feel like in the beginning, sometimes when you take that first step, like assuming that Justin would try to do this, he, it would feel like weird or awkward or robotic or something like that. But then does it become more natural after you're used to doing it? It totally does. Yeah. The more you practice, the less um, awkward and stilted it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when it, if it sounds robotic or stilted, I feel like it won't land well with me. Mm-hmm. You're like, you look beautiful today, Danielle. <laughs> Check. I did one. All right. Four to go. You know, <laughs> I'm like, eh, that did not even land. Try again. <laughs> you don't even get a point. <laughs> That's probably, that's, probably where, that's probably where you might have a growth area, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> what, I shouldn't beep him if it, if it doesn't right. land? That wasn't right. a beep. It don't was judge a his heart. Don't judge his heart. <laughs> oh, don't oh judge his heart. Oh, yeah. okay. That might be a whole other show. Okay, so now for Justin, he has needs for appreciation, respect, and comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, what does it look like for me to be able to comfort you Why better? do I have to have all the answers today? You have to have no answers. You just have to have... You're asking me a question, asking me to give you the answers. Okay, Terry. Figure it out for yourself. Okay, so if he has a need of comfort... You've been working on this since 1994. Come on, girl. <laughs> Get it together. Hey, we're, not, we're always on the journey, honey. Come on. Right. We're always learning more about each other. Um, and we want our listeners to, too. So remember that. All right. So if he has a need for comfort, apparently he has no answers for me. Terry, what are some things I could I do? I, I think comfort in, in the moment, like, because, you know, because you're in surgery, your recovery ago. mode. Yeah. It just means ice packs and a warm blanket. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it means like last night when I was trying to pick a fight and saying, I'm, this is how long I can go laying around on the sofa. Mm-hmm. I know I'm lashing out. Just ignore me. Just ignore it. And like, and offer something nice. Like a chloroform rag. Hey, if that works. <laughs> yes. Um, I would have welcomed that. <laughs> but no, seriously. So comfort, like if I'm thinking of the emotional type of comfort right now, I feel like you're speaking a lot to the physical, which I don't think is the normal day to day. But a lot of times it's probably a more emotional kind of thing. What sorts of things do you suggest, Terry, for couples that are needing to have that space to comfort each other? Yeah, you bet. 
So sometimes, uh, especially if it's a guy, they, they may, not, may not like the fact that they have a high need for comfort, but there's no, there's no gender specific need here. We have all 10 of them. It's mm-hmm. just that sometimes life experiences or life circumstances or our background make our needs, uh, three or four of them usually you know, rise to the occasion. So <clears throat> if somebody has a relational need for comfort and you need more of the um, emotional side of that, then that's going to sound like uh, something along the lines of, let's say my husband has a really crappy day at work. Then and he tells me about that. My tendency is going to be to give him a pep talk. Oh, it's going to be all right. It's going to be better tomorrow. You know that you're doing your work. You're doing your work. You're going to be. You're going to get acknowledged. It's going to be fine. Or I might have a tendency to um, kind of give him advice. Well, honey, the next time that happens, you might want to think about. And those things just fall completely flat. They don't meet the need at all. And so comfort really sounds like, oh, sweetheart. That sounds like a horrible day. I'm so sorry that happened for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Being comfort, in the pain with it. Yeah. Comfort's usually about two sentences. And after that, you're probably not comforting. And, um, and so it's two yeah, So what do you say after the two sentences? You just shut up? You just stop. Yeah. Or the third sentence might be anything else. What can I do to help? Of, yeah, I'm here for you. What can I do? I like that. Justin and I, a lot of times we say like, because comfort, you know, is not necessarily the first thing we go to, we always start with that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And then the second one is you shouldn't have to like, I mean, you know, kind of be in it with them. And then I like, I like that. The third one is like, what can I do? Can I do anything to help? Yeah. I like that. Or Good. another one. Another one is um, put that on a flashcard, Justin. <laughs> no, wait. I should put it on the flashcard. I would put it on a flashcard. <laughs> there you go. Another one is um, kind of the sentence starter of "I wish that," you know, "I wish your boss had been more appreciative of you. You deserve that." Yeah, well, I like I that. wish that. Um, so that's another good one for comfort. It it feels really close to empathy. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um. Oh my gosh, Terry, we've had so much fun on this episode. <laughs> Justin wasn't supposed to be laughing prescriptively. His doctor told him not to laugh and you made him violate his, uh, his doctor's <laughs> orders. So, um, so thanks so much for having that show. Tell us one more time how, how we can get the relational needs assessment. You bet. All you have to do is go to greatcommandment.net and the relational needs assessment will be uh, on, on that site. You can download it and it actually has an auto scoring feature. So you can download it and take your top 10, uh, uh, take your uh, assessment and you get to top three needs back and it'll auto score it for you. And then uh, you get to have a fun conversation like we did. Then you get to have a fun conversation. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll include all those links and where to find Terry and all the good work she's doing in our show notes. Thanks for being on the show today, Terry. You're welcome. You guys are great. Thanks for having me. So, honey, if you were able to know all of my needs, oh boy, would that be a good thing? Would you like to know that? Like, if you could like stare into my <laughs> soul and know all of my needs. Um, I find that greatly intimidating for two reasons. One, and not because you're like a super needy person. Because I'm intimidating. No, uh, I find it intimidating for two reasons. One my brain's already a bag of cats in so many ways. Like I've got so much going on all at the same time to have more coming in at this point. And it's just the season of life right now. I'm in this like trying to... Honey, your brain's always a bag scared. of cats. It is. Uh, and two, frankly, I'm I'm pretty busy thinking about my own needs. <laughs> well, thank you for being I, truthful. Like, like all of my selfish things that I've got going on. I, you know, well, I, I think about myself a lot. My first inclination is, that was pretty selfish. But then the second thought is, you know what you do oh, need Oh, come on. To- that was like powerfully raw and authentic. Well, but my other thought was, <laughs> you know what? You I need, need to- more acknowledgement <laughs> in that. <laughs> that was powerfully raw and authentic. Oh, thank you. You've spoken to my soul. No, we're not really making fun. No, I was just saying that you need to own, you know, your own feelings and emotions. And I'm not responsible Me for... Me specifically? 
Will you specifically... Are you trying to start a fight here? Like the episode's almost over. You're trying to start a fight now? No, I'm just saying everybody needs to own whatever's going on in their own emotions too and not always look to their spouse to be the meter of their needs. Yes. But it is a way to love each other well. Yes. Yeah, I think we create a lot of story about our needs and about our spouse's needs and the the division between them and there's this giant chasm and and all of that. But the reality is, and that's why we drill home with couples the power of the check-in. The sachet check-in. The sachet check-in. It Take five minutes every day and just check in with each other. What's going on in your head and what's going on in your heart so that you can dial into those needs and then serve each other well. Yeah, and if you're curious about the sachet check-in... And if you're curious about the sachet check-in, it is thoroughly talked about in episode two of the show. But this week, we want to challenge you. Jump on the website. We include the link in the show notes and take the relational needs assessment. And then go ahead and have the conversation with your spouse, just like we did. Hopefully, you have just as many fun and laughs and jabs as we did (laughs) (laughs) during this episode. Um, So speaking of fun times, next week on the show, we have Nicole McCarran, and she is talking about the fun times of transitioning your marriage when you invite a new family member into your home, also known as a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So let's check out a little bit of our conversation with Nicole McCarran. We are actually new people. Like we have a new normal. We're taking on new roles. Our marriage has changed. So I think there's something really significant. And I think birth can be a rite of passage that really marks it. But our culture often doesn't really mark it. And so I think there's something significant about doing that and and really naming it. And then looking for like, what's our new normal? So our old normal as a couple was like, we cuddled in bed every night before we went to sleep. But now... We have this baby. What's our new normal? It really is a fantastic conversation for every couple to listen into, but particularly if you're in that place of talking about having kids or getting ready to welcome one, or you've got little tiny ones and adding more. So you can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 073. Finally, we want to help more couples have the conversations that matter. So if you love the show, then please let us know. Jump over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.